Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsline with you on a well, Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here. Hello, Allison. The expansion draft is tonight. <laughs> it is. For all intents and purposes, it was today. Well, we still don't know about deals yet. We, we don't. still don't know about deals. We don't. Uh, as it relates to the Blue Jackets, though, a bit of a surprise. Indeed. Yes. Gavin Bayreuther is apparently uh, reported first by Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff, confirmed moments later by us, is the selection. The Seattle Kraken have selected Gavin Bayreuther from the Columbus Blue Jackets as their pick. Now, this, Allison, is not how it was supposed to go. It was not how it was, was supposed to go. <laughs> this is not the script, Seattle. Right. Um, I think Columbus is fine with this. They may be happy with this, pleased ultimately. But uh, tell me your thoughts. When my my first thought was: Is this a burner account or is this a fake uh, Frank Saravalli Twitter account? Or what is going on here? Because um, <laughs> that did not uh, did not seem to be expected by anybody. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, this is. This is kind of the theme of the summer for the team that we talk about already, which is we've got to figure out what what the plan is. And, you know, this was kind of the first step of the similar exercise for Seattle is what is the plan? What, what do they value? What do they want to go after? And it looks like we were somewhat right if we were in the camp that thought that Seattle would get Dean Kukin, right, defenseman. But we were not right in the player. And, and I was surprised, honestly. 
Um, you know, you you wrote this today, and I think, you know, it's it's a little telling that you know if you're <laughs> if you're the new kid on the block and you can pick anyone who's available, and while some pieces have warts and some may not have as many, that you kind of take this pick. I think that says something about the the players that you had exposed <laughs> in yeah. the first place. This is this is a player that gives Seattle flexibility. Two way contract can be done. Um, so he, he's not necessarily going to tie up NHL money, regardless of where he plays or if he plays. And he doesn't have to tie up a roster spot either. So um, it speaks to me that they viewed this as a flexibility choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's so many ways to look at that and we'll, at this, and we'll sort of look at as many of them as we can here. But I think the overarching statement here is that Seattle wasn't wasn't overwhelmed with who the Blue Jackets left exposed to them, right? And you, there are only twenty three spots on your roster, but they're in the mode of they're in the mode of acquiring players that can either benefit them directly, or that they can flip, or that they like, and they can get something in addition from that team to take them. Now, our indication. And every GM says this, but our indication is that the Blue Jackets were going to put their available list out there uh, and say, there it is, take it. We don't feel the need to cut any side deals. And, it, you know, once they took Bayruth, you're like, you, my first thought was, oh, boy, there's a side deal here. Right. Apparently, yes. there is no side deal. They have not done anything to entice Seattle to take Bayruther. But to your point. Did they? So we go through the names here of of the names that I think um, people were expecting. Max Domi, surgery recovery, big payday, uh, six million bucks this year. Yeah, uh, I don't think the UFA part bothered them because they like the flexibility. But the player has not, frankly, played well in a couple of years and was not very good at all last year. Moving on, the other guys that that. People seem to be um, thinking they, that Columbus might lose. Dean Kukin was a very popular pick. Um, Kevin Stenland, Gabriel Carlson were other names that surfaced. All of those players have NHL contracts for next season, and they're one-way deals. So if you're Seattle and you look at this, the first question is, yes, which player do you like that is available? But do you like Kukin? Distinctly better than Bayreuther. Do you like him? One point six five million dollar salary cap hit and two million dollars salary better than where Bayreuther is going to come in. And so they take the player again. To your point, he's a UFA. They don't have to sign him. He's probably going to take a two way deal. And instead of taking a player that's not good enough to be flipped elsewhere. And a player that they're going to have to hang on to and have to eat that NHL salary in the minor leagues. Just take the best of the guys that don't have a contract for next year and a guy that will probably want a two-way contract. Or if a guy that if you don't sign him, Allison, the world does not come to an end. Is that Which of those or all of those do you think make sense from the Seattle perspective? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 pretty much what I was saying too. I mean, I think that's... That's the reality of the situation. That that's the state of what was available for the blue from the Blue Jackets this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of thought 
I kind of thought it would be between Domi and Kukin, and the three, and I know there's there's lots of stuff going on with Domi, but to me, you could also view him as a commodity if you're them. And the Blue Jackets are probably wise to think that too. If he's not going to resign with them after this season, if he gets back and healthy, Allison, they can move him at the trade deadline for something. It will help if he's playing better, for sure. But the Blue Jackets may still be able to get something out of Max Domi. Mm-hmm. Yes, hopefully, for their part. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is it, – it's – are you how excited are you to look at the expansion draft tonight and see how Seattle got to today? Do you think there's a lot of stuff going on, um, or is this you know, more about I mean, cap space? Well, I think it could be about both, right? I mean, we've talked about this even at the asset that that plays for the Blue Jackets that they're going to have money to play with, and that's huge. Um, and you know, I think too, you know, we, we don't know what other deals were cut because some of these picks are interesting and that's what I'm looking forward to is hearing all the, all the side deals and all the finagling that may or may not have gone on, um, to get to where the Kraken started today. Cause they're not done. I mean, they're, they're certainly not done. There can be deals announced tonight and then there can be trades announced sure. tomorrow and in the coming future, there can be free agents signed. It's, it's. This is going to be an evolving process all off season. Yeah. And I think the one thing that's different this year that like ev- everybody is, was wondering what Seattle can do. Can they do Vegas part two and, and can they think the game and, and get other GMs to do for them? What Vegas did, what other GMs did for Vegas four years ago. I think what Seattle, I think Seattle's read was the biggest weapon we have is a weapon that Vegas did not have available. And that is the flat cap. Yes, hundred percent. And I get the sense there are a lot of a lot of people who do what we do for a living are saying that that the player was selected and that there are no side deals. That maybe there won't be as many side deals announced as as we expect tonight. I want to say that someone had their salary cap around fifty million or a little over fifty million. Have yeah, they're they're right yet? above they're right above the uh, the floor. I had it here because they were required to hit, I think it was 48.2. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, Let's see. Oh, it's not loading on that page. Well, see, and it's not necessarily accurate because you can't do it fully yet because of the UFAs that were signed. And those contracts aren't yet. We don't know the specifics. So, yeah. 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 But they're going to be way below. Oh, yeah. Way below. And that oh, yeah. that might be their play. So, in other words, they take Yanni Gord from Tampa. And did Tampa give them – I, I mean, in, in the situation, if we just look at Tampa, I don't think Tampa gives them anything to take Yanni Gord. If anything, they'd give them something to not take Yanni Gord. I think that's the player they didn't want to lose yeah. the most. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that, yeah, I don't expect there to be a side deal from a team like that. Right. Um. But I, I do think there were de- obviously that there were deals, and yeah. again, I think there's going to be deals to come. There were even some rumblings of that already today. So we'll see. Of, of to pick this guy, and then we'll give you this to get that guy that you picked. So we'll see. I don't think Gavin Bayreuther is one of those players, but we'll see where all these other deals may or may not sort out. Yeah, boy, when when Bayreuther popped, the uh, the league went who, <laughs> and in Columbus they went whoo, yeah. Because uh, you know, as much as as much as Kukin and Stenland and Carlson 
don't maybe move the the meter elsewhere. Allison, those are going to be guys. I mean, they're going to play yeah. a lot this year, right? I mean, those are guys that have had trouble cracking the lineup. I said cracking. I don't think that's going to be an issue this coming season. We expect those guys to be regulars, yeah? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I, I've been thinking about this, moving on from the expansion draft. Uh, let me ask you this first. Are you going to watch tonight? Oh, yeah. You are? Okay. Absolutely. You're still Yeah. Because I, I can't imagine the league is happy about this. But, I mean, so much of this – I mean – Here's the, I, and someone put this out on Twitter. I apologize for not remembering who to give credit to, but the, the reality is players have to be informed. Yes. Organizations have to be informed. Yes. Agents have to be informed. Like, unfortunately, there's going to be someone within or around that many people that stuff's going to get out. And after that, like, I mean, what are the teams who are giving up the assets care? Why do they care? Well, right. And, and all of that's true. And I, I, let me just be totally clear. I've seen Frank Saravalli's taking a ton of shit today. That's that's his job. That's his, yep. that's ridiculous. He's doing exactly what he should be doing. I don't remember this happening during Vegas, though. But I feel like, see, I think, though, in Vegas, like, and I can't speak for every team, but in Columbus, everyone knew it was going to happen. Like, I feel like maybe there were more deals and they were more transparent. I don't know that everyone knew Marc-Andre Fleury was the first pick. Like, maybe it was a different kind of lack of surprise, but I feel like there wasn't a ton, ton, ton of surprise then either. It was more like, that was the jersey reveal. Remember, everyone was excited about the jersey reveal. I just, I don't remember it being all 30 known. (laughs) And they're all But I also, but I think everyone thought that they were going to suck too, right? And that's the thing. Like, it stinks to be the second people to do it because I think when when the Vegas thing happened everyone knew about the deals that had to be cut and so by the time it happened all these picks were made and no one thought Vegas was going to be any good I didn't think Vegas was going to be any good yeah well now it's a whole new day oh well look see I bet they can be good and you know there's so I think it's I think there's a different uh public desire and focus that there wasn't on Vegas that is now on Seattle because of Vegas. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah, they're under pressure. There's no question. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so the Blue Jackets get through this relatively unscathed, although I think they may have wanted to unload Domi's contract. Yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me. They acted like that was a risk, but I think it was kind of a hope as well. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, to me, the we're, we're this is kind of a weird thing because the true benefit of it is not mostly going to be known for a couple of years. Correct. But still, the biggest date of the Blue Jackets summer, my opinion, is Friday. Oh, for sure, I agree. And I I love every draft. You know that I'll watch. The MLS draft. I don't 
and I'm not even a, I'm not even a huge soccer guy. I don't hate it, but I'll watch anything. I love drafts. There, there's an optimism about them that I love. I love the NFL draft. I love the NHL draft. But I think this this first round for the Blue Jackets Friday is just immensely important because obviously it's talented players you're looking for. But Allison, so much has gone wrong here the last couple oh, yeah. of years. It just seems like nothing works here yeah. all of a sudden. And I know he wasn't taken in the expansion draft, but my God, a year ago, you traded Josh Anderson for Max Domi. And you brought Max Domi in and said, he's our number two center, but be careful, Pierre-Luc Dubois. He may be our number one center if you're not ready to go. Mm-hmm. And you fast forward a month later, Dubois has been traded after wanting out of Columbus. Domi is no longer playing center. He's on the wing. He's barely playing, benched in his first game. And then a year later, the player that they acquired for Josh Anderson is exposed in the expansion draft. Like, it, it just, it's it's hard. It's It feels like it's hard to see the road right now. Do you know what I'm saying? What are they doing? Where, where are they trying to get to and what are they building? And I think with this draft, again, you may not see these players in the lineup. Uh, maybe the number five guy cracks it this year, though doubtful. You may not see them until next year or a couple years later, but this is the beginning of the next wave uh, for them to redefine redefine this organization and really rebuild that dressing room in a in a new way. No, I I, I use the word rebuild because that's what they're doing. Uh, however you want to however you want to put it, that's what needs to be done in that dressing room. And Allison, this is where it begins. Oh, for sure. You know, and even for even for people who think that this may not be a tear it down to the ground, Friday is still immensely important because if you're if you're going for a ready now player, this is likely when that kind of transaction is going to happen. With because your highest value assets right now are your number one, your first round picks and yep. Seth Jones. So you know, and and I'm not saying this to be a jerk. But you know, you and I were talking about this earlier this week of how many first round picks have have been chosen by this organization that aren't with this organization right now. Yeah. And it, it listen, I'm I do not have the numbers, so fine, shoot me on in terms of every team's success rate. But when you have three first round draft picks, presuming you are in fact going to draft, you've got to be on your game. Because it, if this if the whole point of this window is to develop from within, draft and develop, draft and develop, you've got to be on your game with these picks. And that's why, as you said, you're not so going to know Friday, you're not going to know next year, but in three years and four years, six, maybe even longer years, you have to be able to look back and say that was a successful draft. You yeah. just have to be. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, and, I, and I, I used to say this all the time about, about the blue jackets of, of of the early days and it's kind of back again. If you if you don't draft well, then all of these seasons, these seasons of suffering, they're all in vain. Yes. Like you're wasting all of that. And they, they just can't afford to do that. The, the 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 price you pay for these great players picked early is the suffering. 
and yeah. y- you can't go through the suffering without getting the reward. These are they've made nine first round draft picks since Jarmo Kekalina has been named the general manager. And we'll go through them quickly. Alex, this is the first year. The last time they had three oh, first round draft picks: Wenberg, Reichel, Dano. Yes. Um, you know what? Let's just be honest. Not very good. Uh, Wenberg looked like he was going to be a guy. Maybe he can get it back together again. Had a decent year in Florida. Um, but the other two, just not NHL players anymore already. Uh, yes. That's disappointing. 2014, Sonny Milano. Yes. That's a bomb. That yes. is an absolute bomb. Uh, the next year, Zach Wierenski, Gabriel Carlson. Wierenski, number eight, Carlson, 29. Wierenski's a hell of a pick at eight. Mm-hmm. Carlson, meh. Well, and they and they spent assets to move up to get him, remember? Yes, so, they did. So that, that weighs on that for me, too. Absolutely. And I think, I don't. Am I right? They passed on. Well, there's somebody early in the second round that they missed to take Carlson right where they did. Um, 2016, this is a memorable draft for many. Pierre-Luc Dubois at number three. Mm-hmm. We all know how that happened. No first-round mm-hmm. pick in 17. Uh, 2018 first-round pick, Liam Foodie. Now, on one hand, I, I we certainly don't know Liam Foodie's career arc yet. But at this point, we're three years in. I'm not sure that he looks like a big-time NHL impact player. I think we might know that by now. He looks like yes. – I think he's going to be an NHL player. Probably a third-line guy, maybe a second-line guy on the wing. Yes. 2019, no first-round draft pick. Last year, the Igor Shinakov. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? It, it's – it's a mixed bag. You've got Wierenski and Dubois in there. If you're just judging based upon the picks, those are two pretty good players. But it, it's it's not a great. It's not um, it's not the strong point of a resume. Yes, Allison. Yes. All right. What are they doing wrong? Do we know? Can we say that that this is what they're doing wrong? That they need to fix this. I mean, I, I I would never <laughs> presume to know how the decision making process goes, you know. And again, as we've we've beaten to death, there's there's two parts to this puzzle. It's making the right decisions and then retaining the assets, right? You know, and, and even you look at some of these trades now. Certainly, while not a pick under this front office, you know, Josh Anderson was was a was drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, yeah, and and he's gone. And you know, that's so that's a different way to look at this too. Is how many players have been drafted by the team but no longer play for the team but yet are still in the NHL? Yeah. And, you know, I, so I think there's, there's two pieces to the puzzle. And, and you know, we've heard some, some positive signs of what the organization is trying to do this offseason of connecting and deepening that, that bridge with, from players to front office. But that's part of it. You've still got to find the way to make the very best picks that you can. Yeah, and part of what they're suffering through right now is they had no first-round draft pick in 17, no first-round pick in 19. No, I don't think they had a top a pick in the first three rounds in 2019. Now, those guys wouldn't necessarily be here, but this is why when you look at the pipeline in Columbus, you go, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, there just isn't much coming. Um, 
and they're all there are three players in Russia that they need desperately to to develop and get here quickly. Yes. Um, do you have thoughts? So here's where I'm at for this this uh, this year's draft, and I know you don't ever draft based upon the NHL depth chart, but I do. I I think that's I think that's a novel idea. And I don't think this is about the depth chart necessarily. I just think it's a good hockey thought. And I think the Blue Jackets need to be intensely, intensely focused on two positions, center and defense. Don't give me, don't give me wingers unless they are head and shoulders above the centerman that's available. Mm-hmm. I, they need centermen and they need defensemen. Because that those two positions specifically, if you don't draft them and develop your, them yourself and you are Columbus, they're almost impossible to get because they don't oh, move. For sure. For sure. And also because as Columbus has seen and experienced, there are a lot of centers that can play on the wing. There aren't a lot of wings that can play center effectively. 100%. So that's part of it too. Um but yeah, I mean that you know even if you look at what happened today, I mean Seattle drafted eleven defensemen, and of the let me do my math here of the thirteen no wait fifteen forwards they've currently drafted eight of them were centers. There you go, Almost so a, more and, than a half. Yeah, so you know again, you, you can't if you if you want to say if I draft to balance the ice forward and defense, you go with the forward that's the most versatile and that's center. That's just how it is. Yeah. And they're, they're just, they're so expensive. They're so expensive. Oh, yeah. And and you can make a winger with a really good centerman. It's yes. hard to have a winger that makes a centerman. That's literally what I just said. Yeah. But I mean, like Panarin <laughs> elevated his centerman. Yeah. 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 Right. I think Patrick Kane elevates his centerman. There just aren't a lot of wingers that can do that. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Um, yeah, so who do you want in the, in the draft, Allison, number five? I want whoever you want, Aaron. Oh, I trust, now we're I talking. I trust your insight and, 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 and research. Yes. I mean, the Avon brothers are playing that night, Aaron. I know. That's, I know. Believe me, I know. I know. I can't go. Um, yes, give me Mason McTavish. Okay. The centerman. Okay. Who I think is going to be there at five. I think the other guy that they may have a choice uh, to make on is the big Swedish defenseman, Simon Edvinson. Okay. Who's a bit of a project. He's seen as having an incredibly high ceiling, but potentially a floor or two because there's some work there. There's there's a guy that really interests me, and I, I, I'm trying not to think of it in terms of depth chart, but if Seth Jones is moving along, I want some elite defenseman in the pipeline at least to know that, that there's something coming. Um, Brant Clark is an interesting guy, um, a, a, a bizarre knock need skater, Allison, but gets where he wants to be and needs to be almost mm-hmm. a sea biscuit type, if you will, where nobody wants to watch him skate, but he gets there and he's mm-hmm. a very effective player. They're going to get some really, people are down on this draft. And I think that, I think that's like. I think that's kind of idiotic because, A, you never know about a draft, but at the same breath we're saying people, there's not a lot of information on this draft. Or there's not as much 
information on this draft is previous drafts, and it's not as good. Well, those two things don't mesh to me. And I think from what I can tell, when you listen to people who have seen a lot of these players, the Craig Buttons, the Bob McKenzie's and others, you talk to scouts, I've done my level best of that. Owen Power is most likely the number one pick or at least the best player in the draft. I'm not sure Buffalo goes there. But after that, there's like six or seven guys that are really good players that are almost interchangeable. The Blue Jackets are going to get a really good guy at five, a really good player. And it better be a sentiment or a defenseman, is my thought. Okay. I'm excited. I mean, you know, I am so happy for you. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, it, maybe it should. Here's the thing, though. If you have an incredibly talented player who's not a center, to your point, like where's where's the line of game changer versus incredibly good? And, and as I say, while I agree that they need defensemen and centers and they need to balance their draft class that way, if for if for however they measure their their prospects, if whoever's available at five is leaps and bounds above everyone else, position is the secondary variable of evaluation for me. Because you you do have to go with that that talent first and foremost. Yeah, the, because I, you 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 get Seth Jones by trading Ryan Johansson. You so that's the other part of it. So. Right. I'm position position is secondary to me. Skill is first, position is second. Yeah, I guess I used to think that too. And, and it would, it's hard for me to take the lesser player because of position. But I, I, just, I keep coming back to how the scarcity of centers there are. If they're not good enough, they're not good enough. But when, when well, you're, that's the thing. When what if you this, draft eight centers and they're all bottom six centers? Well, we, would, there, yeah. There's, I mean... Right. I mean, when you're this high in the pecking order, though, so there there are two centers there, one of which is almost certain to be available. I would tell think. us about the player you want to tell us about. Porter. Well, Matthew Beniers is special. <laughs> Matthew Beniers is special, but he's probably going to go to Seattle number two. Okay. Mason McTavish probably will be there at five. Okay. Probably. Um, Luke Hughes is another. Potential guy, defenseman, Brothers Hughes. Um, th- th- there's going to be a really good player there at five. I think the, what they do with 24 and 31 is really interesting. Yes. Really interesting. But I'd use those picks. Okay. I'd use them. And I want straight-ahead, com- ultra-competitive players. I, I think I think this these picks are as much about creating culture, not just adding it. Not just enhancing what you have, but actually rekindling it. Yeah, but that's not necessarily going to happen with the thirty-first overall pick. I mean, you're going to get a good player, but you're you're not going to. I think it needs to be factored into the player you're picking, though. Okay. What kind of player is this? What kind of person is this? Like, I think the last five years they've been able to draft guys to fit in. And I think, sure. I think now it's you need to be drafting guys with the mindset of of being the culture, not just assimilating to the culture, because it's it's fallen apart here significantly. You're building again. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is the chicken and the egg. I mean, the culture was fine when they were winning, <laughs> ish. <laughs> so you know, you need, and if you bring in really talented players. 
and they assimilate into the uh, to the culture with the, with strong veterans. For me, and and there look, there's a character line that shall not be lowered below. Period. Yes. End of story. But if if we're above the character line, first it's skill. Then and this is interesting. I have to think about this. Mm. First, if they're already above my character line, my basic character line, I would probably go with position and then with culture stuff, which is the direct antithesis of what I usually would say. But I think that's how I would prioritize those three yeah. strata. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, and this, I, I don't feel like they're adding to a foundation now. I feel like they need to start a new one. Yeah, but to, what I'm saying is the foundation has to start with skill, not with, I mean, because if you, listen, if you bring in some really young, talented players and Cam is in the room, there's probably, some, I would even suggest if Zach is in the room, there are probably some other voices. If I really want to, Gus Nyquist, arguably, the, there are some voices that you can, this is where you can go back to what this team used to do, where they'd bring in, they'd bring in an Ian Cole for, for the end of the year or, or a, a coin for the end of the year. You can... You can supplement that and give that that voice. I'm not going to pick character over skill. I'm just not. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I'm not talking just like nice guys. No, no, I know. I'm talking like leadership type drivers right. of the the because uh, this room is going to be turned over to them. Sure. Pretty quickly. Sure. Especially if we think is especially if the next two years goes, we think they go. And I'm sure. not sure Nyquist and Wierenski and Atkinson are going to be around for that. And that, you know, and this, but this goes back to, this was something that was even discussed at the Blue Jackets analytics conference that we did. What was that, 18 years ago? I don't even know <laughs> anymore. But, you know, there are quote-unquote intangibles, but those intangibles can be measured. And there are some people who spoke at that conference who work for one of the best teams right now in the league, and that's the Colorado Avalanche, who said there are intangibles. You can talk about you need someone who works hard, but someone who works hard, that intent, that intention bears out in the numbers because you you can look at things, you can look at corner battles, you can look at things like that. It's sure. not just shots and things like this. So I think that if you're, you need to discern someone who respects and nurtures their skill and the culture and the leadership stuff, like even if you even if you look at this team that Seattle drafted today, not that many actually have quote unquote leadership experience. Now you bring in a Giordano mm-hmm. and you really help address that. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. If Columbus needs to go find their Giordano type while they're building the babies, they can do that. But again, I think that to have the traits necessary to be a top athlete. If your vetting is done properly and this is a person of elite skill who doesn't take their skill for granted, that's baked in. And then it is nurtured by senior voices. And this goes, and now this goes all the way up where this is all this stuff. This goes up to why you pick the coach you do. What does your front office do to connect with these players? How do you bring them into the organization and help them understand what the culture is? It can't be native in a player that you're drafting at age 18. It's just not there yet. They don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I guess uh, my thought is I I don't I'm I don't want guys to just fall in line because I don't know what you're falling in line with right now here. Sure. And these these are it's 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 tough to say 
But I, I think these guys are going to be the leaders quite soon. And a lot of guys that are considered the leaders right now aren't going to be around much longer to do the leading. Sure. So, so these guys need to be, and m- many of them are, guys that are taken this high in the draft in a lot of cases are the leaders and the best players on their teams. And they're not ready to do that in the NHL right now, for sure. But that's how they are wired. And yeah, those but, are the guys but, you're looking for. This is about but, a new start in Columbus. It is. But again, I think leadership doesn't necessarily come. It can leadership. And, you know, we hear this all the time from players. How do you lead? You lead by the way you play on the ice. And leadership, you can supplement that kind of leadership with other types of leadership. And if we look around the league, I mean, I think Connor McDavid is one of the best players to ever play the game. He's no leader. In terms of what we see publicly in terms and what I think the public perceives as a leader, he gets dinged as a quote unquote leader, but we are not in that room. So I I push back against the best talent necessarily always being also the leader, quote unquote. Yeah. It just isn't the case a lot of times. Right. But it often is. Who's, who's the, who's the, Artemi Panarin is not a, a leader. No. On the Rangers. Boone Jenner the is the leader player. in Columbus. He is not the best player. Exactly. Right. I'm looking for a new, a new day, Allison, a fresh start. That's fine. But I, again, to me, culture is the culture slash leadership is the third tier of evaluation when I'm talking. To these a guys. lot of the culture here is leaving and fleeing. Sure. That's fine. New leadership. And, and, and Vegas didn't have a culture when. They started and Seattle doesn't have a culture and it, it can form in the craziest of ways. I mean, heck, the Vegas formed with Marc-Andre Fleury talking about donuts when they won games. So you, you can't you can't force it either. That's what I'm saying. You can't no. say this kid's going to be this kid gets our idea because here's the other thing. This whole front office could be gone in six months and now there's a new culture. So, yeah, but it can't it, be baked into the kids. Isn't this wild to think that the kid that they draft number five on Friday is probably going to be one of the three best players in the organization immediately. Yep. Yep. And I may be conservative with that. Nope. I think that's fair. Maybe he's the second best. Yes. I mean, that's just where they're at. Yes. And so this first round, it just is, and again, it's weird. It's immensely important. And yet we're not going to see, I, I, we're going to know, you know, sooner than you think, you know, if these guys can play or not. Yes. You really do. Now they're not in the NHL producing yet, but usually like less than a year after the draft, you go, well, we got a good one. That that kid's a good one because they continue to rocket upward. Um, and, and I, I just, I want that guy at five to have everything, everything. Needs to be Mr. Everything. Okay. <laughs> Everything else. All right. Anything else? I think you're, no, I think that's quite aspirational. But I think it'll be I okay aspire. if he doesn't have everything. Everything! I uh, yes. Yes. <sighs> All right. Well, there's a couple of uh, kids that are signed to Ohio State that we're going to keep our eye on, too. And I'll tweet their names out later. Kids that are coming to Ohio State may be uh, drafted this weekend as well. Nice. Yeah. So anything else to add, Allison, before we let the people go? 
I have nothing else to add. All right. Well, enjoy the draft Friday. I can't wait. I'm having my own draft party. Just me and the dog. I was going to say, because everyone else is going to the concert. It'll be spectacular. Yes. Are you going to the show? Are you going to the concert? I have a ticket to the concert. Ah. Yep. All right. Send me the set list. Mm, I don't know. You have you have to be there, Aaron. You, you should live tweet the set list. But but you you're going to be so focused on the draft. I wouldn't want to distract you. No, I can look at tweets. I'll have Twitter mm. up. Oh, see, here we and go. And I'll I'll be singing along. Uh huh. What's your favorite David Brothers song? Do you have one? Well, we know we were just listening to a bunch of stuff the other day. I, I will reserve my answer because I haven't seen them live in forever, and so live usually changes things for me. Yeah. They're a great, great band live. Yes. I've only seen them like 40 times. 18,000 times. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Enjoy the show Friday or enjoy the draft Friday. Or if you can do it, enjoy both of them. And we'll talk to you again next week with, uh, I'm sure, much, much more to discuss. So thanks for listening.